0: what's up citizens welcome to city square podcast where we talk with everyday people about faith and work my name is john and if this is your first time tuning in please take a quick moment to subscribe to the channel like the video click the bell and like y'all already know this is not your first time on youtube or even if you're one of the two one even if you're the one or two people that watch this on rumble like y'all already know how it works throughout the chats um Please, if you have any questions or comments, don't hesitate to drop those below, and we'll keep the conversation going. Today, my guest is Dwayne. He's a husband, a father, he works in IT, and he's also a rural church lay pastor. And of course, he is a lover of cigars. How are you doing today, man?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for the opportunity, brother.
0: Yeah, man. I'm glad we were able to, to do this, man. I know I had uh, some scheduling conflicts, um, but like appreciate your patience and being flexible to make this happen. No problem. Um, What is it that uh, you're smoking there? I'm kind of kind of jealous.
1: This is the uh, Macanudo Inspirato Black. Um, I was actually gifted uh, a box of these uh, by my staff and coworkers in October for my birthday. Uh, And they're one of my favorites. Uh, really good smoke, uh, lots of chocolate and espresso and spice and uh, nice. good about 90-minute smoke, and uh, I love them.
0: so. That's a good cigar, man. I've had those once a couple of few times, man. It sounds like you got a really good a coworker that takes good care of you.
1: <laughs> it was uh, several of them. I thought it was one, yeah. and then when I got to talking to him, there was – there's probably about eight or 10 of them. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're a hundred percent remote. Uh, you know, some of them, uh, the staff is in Colorado and Texas and the majority are in the DC area, but, uh, we've got a, I've got a really good group, uh, as much as possible. We try to make it a, a family atmosphere. Um, and we have a lot of fun. The work is kind of stressful. We support a government client. Um, so it's, uh, you know, everything needs to be done five minutes ago. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got a good group of character people that, uh, I've been blessed with.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely. So we connected, uh, through a cigar group on Facebook. Um, that seems to be the way everybody connects nowadays. (laughs) And so I have to ask you, man, because this is like a staple question when you meet somebody who loves cigars, how did you get into it?
1: Okay. So, for my 40th birthday, which was none of your business ago, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, my wife got me a pipe because she had a, uh, a grandfather who smoked a pipe and, you know, the smell, the that cherry pipe tobacco smell is one of the best smells on the planet. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I believe some of the incense referred to in the Bible probably smells like it. Um and uh, one of the things she said when she got me it for my birthday was, You're not allowed to switch to cigars. Well, <laughs> it kind of that's uh, a- morphed into, I still do both. I still love a good pipe. Uh,
0: uh, it's the gateway, uh, man. But what's that? The, the pipe yeah, is the gateway, gateway to cigars. It's <laughs> cigars. Yeah, it's a gateway. So I ultimately tell her
1: it's her fault if she had never gotten me the pipe. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, man, I don't. I'm not exactly sure, honestly, how I got into cigars. I just know that I just would. Uh, at one point, uh, I know because, like, I know that in my early, because I came into the faith my freshman year in college. God saved me, my freshman yeah. year in college. And uh, at at the beginning, for me, like, my understanding was alcohol and tobacco is forbidden for anybody who is a Christian. And right. so, at some point. At some point, God just freed me of that. I don't really know how and when. And so yeah. I would just pick, I was with some friends, people I trusted. They handed me a cigar, and I just once or twice a year. And then um, when we were, um, I was, we church planted for seven years up until right. about two years ago. And I have a really good friend. He's the guy who I do the podcast with. And he just, started sending me care packages with cigars <laughs> and it just kind of like I mean, went from there. Like <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's weird is it was the uh, Maduro's cigars were the ones I started catching onto first. Oh, wow. And so like the first cigar I remember enjoying, I took a picture of it and was like, I need to have this again. Uh, was the CAO Brasilia. I actually have an empty wow. box right behind me.
1: Yeah, those, Those are good um, sticks. That whole yes like uh what's the uh one with the u s label the potomac is oh uh, yeah yeah was, that's a good one too um yeah Co, CO makes several of my uh favorites um I believe they make uh the, the mayans m c one i don't know if you've ever tried that one that's Not a good yet. one um yeah they're um several good cigars that they they manufacture so
0: yeah i've never had anything from them that i did not enjoy and they're fairly for cigars they're fairly moderately priced too
1: yeah
0: Yeah. usually i can grab them for about eight to ten dollars in texas
1: yeah well i kind of get the what you're talking about with the you know cigars alcohol tattoos those kind of things i I was raised in a um fundamentalist holiness pentecostal tradition. Um and uh just the the misunderstanding of grace in that um right. and uh you know the the rules the, the legalism the pietism um and like you once i got out of it um it took me a couple of years of being an agnostic Um, but some good friends who were like, yeah, read the Bible and, uh, you'll figure it out. Like, you know, the whole alcohol thing, we were just talking about this at, um, my Bible study on Tuesday. Um, the Bible never says you can't drink alcohol. There's nowhere. It says you shouldn't overindulge. You shouldn't let it. Affect you, but there's nothing in there. You know that. And the other one, I, I, you know, had my eyes opened on was dancing. There's nothing in Scripture that says believers can dance,
0: <laughs> right? And what's uh, the? Uh... Well, once... Go ahead, man.
1: I was going to say, once you open Scripture and you kind of figure these things out, you know, and you know, I certainly understand that. For some people, cigars might not be okay, right? You know, um, but I've I've never had a conviction about that.
0: Yeah, same here. Neither have I. Um, but like, like you said, for some people, like it might be because like Scripture does not explicitly say smoking is wrong, tobacco is a sin, or like it doesn't explicitly say any of those things. Uh, but for one person, it might be because of whatever. Struggles or whatever sin they're wrestling with and that kind of yeah. thing, so obviously we'd be we would want to be respectful to towards that person during that season um but like it's nothing in scripture that says to this is forbidden to stay away from us
1: yeah and and, and you so know, like my, we have our freedom in that yeah my wife and I expressly did not have alcohol at our wedding reception because we knew they were going to be people there that had issues with it. You know yeah. and I was a youth leader at the time and you know, I didn't want people saying, Hey, well, Dwayne's a youth leader leader in his church and he drinks, so it's okay for me to get poo-poo faced and yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I think that's where the moderation and the not causing somebody to stumble comes in.
0: So the uh how has have you noticed has your palette changed and what you prefer in a cigar over the years?
1: When when I first started, I did a lot of acids, I did a lot of the infused cigars, the flavored, And yeah. and I still enjoy those. Like the the Deadwood line is one of my favorites. Um, the oh right. right, yeah, they is a great uh... cigar and I still I've got a box in my humidor. Um, but things like this and, uh, you know, the Liga T-52 is another favorite, um, when I can afford it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: uh, so, um, yeah, I, 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 think it definitely has broadened, um, to, you know, out to the net more natural cigars and whatnot. Um, and, uh, um, yeah. I I love trying new things anyway with food with anything um so a new cigar is not unusual for me at all
0: my uh wife actually enjoys cigars with me I'm a I'm a lucky man and yeah. she uh she has her own little humidor and oh yeah the the fat bottom Betty is that is her favorite yeah
1: my my wife, you know, she'll she'll set out here if I'm smoking a pipe, but if I'm smoking a cigar, she she's probably not sticking around. Cigars stink. in her work. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: when I go in tonight and I kiss her, good night. She'll be like, blah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Um well,
0: But I've been uh, catching myself enjoying more lighter cigars than I used to. Yeah, because I used to would. Stay away from them. Um, but I think I've been, I, we've been dabbling more and more into to bourbons and rums and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've been, we've been drinking more bourbon and rum with when we're smoking cigars. And usually, this is at least my experience, um the Connecticuts and your lighter cigars pair well with drinks like right. bourbon, rum, old fashions, and that kind of thing. And so I think that plays, that's a part of it. And there's also a lounge here in here where we live. They do free coffee and tacos on Saturdays, and oh, so wow. yeah, it's awesome. I, I would so, settle like,
1: just if, just for a lounge. I mean, we're we're in a pretty rural part of Oklahoma, and yeah. the nearest lounge is going to be Oklahoma City or Amarillo.
0: <laughs> oh, damn man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how it was for us up until a couple of years ago. Because uh, we're in San we're in San Antonio now. We've been in San Antonio for two and a half years, but before that, we were <clears throat> church planning in rural West Texas, uh, okay. near the near the near the Mexico border. And if I wanted to go to a lounge, I would have had to have gone travel three hours. And so, like, if we were, if when I bought cigars, I was on cigar bid or yep. small cigars or cigar International's website or whatever it was, and we had to get them in the mail. Yep. And so and even when I moved here man um I'd never been to a lounge before and so when I came to the lounge to a lounge or a shop out here I didn't understand the culture at all Yeah and so I would go to a lounge and uh this is all about like hospitality Yeah and they would follow me around with a tray yeah. and ask me questions and try to make conversation see what I wanted and I wasn't used to that I thought about What's, it as kind of like if I went to like a J.C. Penney or Dillard's or Macy's or whatever, if people yeah. follow you around it's because they think you're stealing something. <laughs> right, right.
1: And Here's so, like, at first, my, I was go ahead. My thinking on cigar lounge co- co- culture. Yeah. Every cigar lounge I've been in has been an experience similar to, to yours, and, and, yeah. and I think the church could take some lessons. From oh, yeah, man. How accepting. So like, you could, you, you and I, I, I could go into a cigar lounge in any city where I don't know anybody and, and have a conversation while I smoked a cigar. And it right. would be like somebody I've known for 20 years.
0: That's actually, that's really accurate. You're not like, you're not embellishing at all, man. No. Um, it's incredible going to like a cigar lounge, man. It's almost like you're walking into with family that likes you. Right. <laughs>
1: right. And, and that's, that's the way any church you go into should feel for anybody that walks in like, Hey, I'm welcome here. These people don't know me, but they know me and they're, they're not going to, <clears throat> you know, turn this into something it shouldn't be. Or I'm not going to feel like I'm for ostracized sure. just because I'm new.
0: Yeah, because uh, the church generally doesn't have a good reputation for like hospitality, <coughs> right? Like at all, right? Which is not a good like biblical witness of what the church is called to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I um, mean, yeah, man, like. Um there's been a number of times when I've been in the lounge, somebody sits next to me and then we just like start you we each light up, enjoy our cigar, and you start talking about life, like yep. in every every aspect of it, whatever. Yep. Uh culture, yep. politics, religion, like family, or just lighthearted stuff like sports or whatever it may be. Right. And the next before you know it, man, like two or three hours has been has gone by maybe you're pulling out your second cigar and you're ready to like light another one. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, before we moved out here, we relocated from the panhandle of West Virginia, which is basically the DC Metro. um, And I had a lounge 10 minutes from my house. Um, So I could go smoke, you know, I had a buddy I could call and he and I would meet up there. I'd just go and, uh, you know, hang out with whoever happened to be there. Um, and then we moved out here <clears throat> for a while. There was one about an hour away that I could go to, um, but they closed. And now, you know, now I've got, I've got a group of about four of us that we get together like on two, <clears throat> on Tuesday nights and have a cigar and we'll talk about everything. Faith. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in our lives, our kids or uh, what have you, and uh, <clears throat> like cigars are meant to be social, I think. Yes, you know,
0: um, yeah, makes them
1: different from like cigarettes. Like, you can smoke cigarettes by yourself all day. Um, but <clears throat> the best time for a cigar, like, I've got a good friend, and you know, we'll text during the day, Hey, you got time for a cigar, and we'll both take lunch and <laughs> meet up and enjoy a cigar and just catch up.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, Why do you think that, why do you think it is that uh, with cigars, there's that culture created that socialism, that not socialism, (laughs) that social culture, that hospitality, that experience. (laughs) I think.
1: First of all. Whereas. Other types of smoking, you're smoking because you have to have it. There, there's a physical yeah. need for it. Um, yeah, and you you can certainly have that happen with cigars, um, but I think for the most part, you know, cigars. You're doing it for the flavor. You pull the smoke in, get the taste, and then you exhale it. You're not pulling it all the way into your body, um, and uh, <laughs> um, you know if. Like if it's a new cigar and you're sharing it together, you're like, man, I'm, uh, you know, man, this is really smooth. Or, you know, hey man, did you catch that note of, you know, uh, licorice in that? Um, Or, and this is not really a very good cigar. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, won't be buying this one anymore. Um, But it's, you know, and then it just, Bridges into other discussions. And um, I, I tell people, you know, m- my wife actually, um, as part of our fostering, we, we met with some counselors for our kids. And um, they were like, Well, I see here your husband smokes cigars and a pipe. And my wife was like, Yeah. And uh, well, do you think he'd consider giving those up? And uh, she looked at him and she was like, why would I want him to? She was like, there are times when she'll be like, okay, get with your buddies and have a cigar. You need to relax. (laughs) You you know, um, I I very much, I have no problem telling people it's a form of self-care.
0: Oh, I'm using that. I have not used that yet. I'm using that. (laughs) I'm writing it down right now.
1: Uh, cigars like our self-care for, for no charge
0: <laughs> that was awesome man i love that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um going back to what you said a few minutes ago man why why do you think it is that uh the church lacks in that add uh, that a uh, whole uh hospitality and that culture that we enjoy that cigars has okay
1: i'm I'm gonna preface that by saying i think the church is vital and i yes. think it's needed and i think we lose sight of the fact that just as broken and in need of grace as we either are or were at one point the church is made up of people just like that. Right. And I think there are two reasons. Number 1, the people coming in are looking for something perfect from imperfect parts. Right. Okay. Um but I also think quite honestly and and I'm guilty of this, all right? We forget where we came from. Yeah. Right. We forget what the cross did for us. Yes. Right. Because the same mess that that person is bringing into the church is what you were saved from. There you and, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that and we kind of see this as, oh, this is a nice club of people who understand my theology. And while I love theology and I love all of that, grace my saying is grace over everything like if not for grace we're all we're all going to hell <laughs> right <laughs>
0: that's true absolutely no man i would agree man uh we definitely we definitely forget and uh we have to continuously be reminded yeah um i think I can't remember. I can't recall who said it. I'm not sure. I, can't, I don't know if it was Martin Luther or who, but um, one of those guys said that I have to be preach the gospel. I have to hear the gospel over and over again every day. Otherwise I otherwise right. I'm because I know that I'm prone to forget it. Right. Right. And that's true about all of us.
1: Yeah. And it's easy to get comfortable and, but you know, we have to realize, Hey, cross daily is a thing, <laughs> you know? Um, so,
0: so, uh, you had mentioned, a, a second ago, man, about, uh, fostering. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about fostering and how that started?
1: Well, um, my wife and I had discussed it, uh, and, um, the um, the director for, the local director for Circle of Care uh, gave a presentation at our church, and we were both like, okay, well, let's talk to her. And we went and talked to her, we prayed about it, um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, we uh, decided, okay, yeah, let, let's do it. Um, we had, I also had several good examples. Um, my mom actually, my two older brothers, um, were actually cousins that my mom adopted when, um, when their mom passed. Um, and, uh, one of my mentors, uh, in the faith in my early twenties, um, has probably fostered forty or fifty kids and adopted ten. You know, it, it's incredible. So it's always been one of those things that God has had placed around me. So, um, and uh, uh, his wife, he has, her saying is, "It's the best hard." You know, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anybody. Um, it, it is incredibly trying and difficult at times, but man, it's so rewarding. Like, yeah. um, I think it's one of those things. I read a stat the other day that said something like if every church in America would sponsor one, uh, Foster family, the foster care problem goes away. Like it goes now, that fixes the foster problem. but Think about what it does for our culture.
0: Oh, absolutely, man, for sure. That's because you've got people it. of
1: faith, <laughs> you know, taking care of the least of these. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you go back to when the church was new and it was young in in Rome um they would people would throw babies they didn't want on the trash heaps and it was people of faith christians new christians who would come along and take them out uh the other thing that i didn't know until recently was in that culture you could disown your biological children like you could not have anything to do with them, they weren't considered yours, but once you adopted somebody you could never disown that person. Hmm. Um, so man, um, foster care and adoption, um, you know, and, and I hear all the time, um, I couldn't do what you do. My response to that is I can't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite honestly you know there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of hey i'm sorry i should have done this instead of that um uh and the other thing i hear is i get too attached and my response to that is always if you don't you're doing it wrong you know yeah. um I mean, the kids that have come through our home are always members of our family, even when they move on, because we are not an adoptive home. Um, Our goal in our ministry is um, we give them a safe place um, until God moves them to wherever they're supposed to be, either back to their biological parents or on to whatever adoptive home he has for them. So, I mean, um, and, and you know, and, and people are like, "Well, how can you do that?" I'm like, "How can I not?" You know, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what they've gone through and what they're going through.
0: So that's so Let me let that's the honest. dog in. Yeah, See, I think got cold. Yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs>
1: Oh. yeah, she didn't waste any time. <laughs> she's my smoking buddy, but when she gets cold, she's done.
0: Yeah, when she's done, she's done. Yep. Uh, and uh, how how many kids have y'all fostered?
1: Um, we start. We took our first uh, placement in October of two thousand eighteen. Since then, uh, it's been a total of thirteen.
0: Wow, man. That's awesome. Um, it's like, um, do y'all boys and girls?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, like I said, we um, do specifically sibling groups because that's such a need. Um, you know, you think about it kids not only lose their parents if they've got brothers and sisters and they have to go in different directions that's just additional trauma so yeah the home we're in was built specifically uh, by circle of care to keep sibling groups in care um uh so yeah
0: that's good man um um let me see Uh, do y'all, is it, is it common for y'all to, for them to stay with you till they're 18 or do you, is it common for them to leave before? We
1: have not had that happen. Most of the kids we have had have been under the age of 10. Um, and they've, uh, either gone, well, everyone has gone back to their biological parents that we know of. We had some that were moved, um, and once they were moved, we didn't have any further updates. So, um, gotcha, man.
0: um so, uh, someone who serves as a lay pastor, uh, do you, I assume they go to church with y'all on Sundays and that kind of thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we okay. do. You know, that's just part of what our family does, you know, um, yeah. you know, and, and my kids get excited. Are you preaching today? And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're headed nice. down. I'm going to preach. So they, they kind of love that because it's a smaller church. And when we go, uh, they get to help out with like offering and stuff like that. And um, my oldest uh, has actually led hymns and things like that. So um, I kind of try to plug them in.
0: That's good, man. That's awesome. Uh, fostering, fostering and adoption, man, is uh, such a great illustration of like of what the gospel is, man. Right. And so like that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, the care you know, scripture is clear about the church's responsibility to orphans and widows. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't just say it once, it says it multiple times, Old Testament, New Testament. So, you know, I I, I think and there are any number of ways people can plug in. You, you don't have to be full-time foster um but, you know, de- our church family has been wonderful. You know, um, our, our church at one time, we we have a Sunday night kids kind of small group. And um, I was standing beside the pastor and we did a count and there were probably 75 kids in there. And as near as we could tell, about 35 of them um, had been fostered or adopted, you know, so our our, our yeah. church is very supportive of that. Um, they consider us a ministry partner. Um, so okay, nice. uh, shout out to Lincoln Avenue and, uh, all the great first folks there. So
0: that's awesome. And that's great. That's inc- again, man, that's incredible. Um, what kind of like, Tips, advice, words do you have for anybody who is thinking about fostering or thinks that they thinking about it or think that, that they can't? I,
1: I would say pursue it, do it, pray about it. Um, um, you know, is what my wife and I are doing uh necessarily for everybody? <sighs> Maybe not, but like I said, Scripture is clear that as believers, we have a responsibility to the least of these, uh, and it doesn't get more least of these than kids who have been ripped from their normal um, and need to be loved
0: on and shown what the gospel is. Absolutely. You um you had mentioned earlier that you grew up in the uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church, right? Yes. Gotcha. And um, I'm saved anyway. What you said, Lincoln. <laughs> and you said you're uh the <laughs> church you all are at is Lincoln Avenue, right?
1: <laughs> yes, it's a Baptist church. I I, I I'm not real fond of okay denominations i i understand the need um and and you know you can make a biblical case for different denominations um but when the denomination becomes paramount over the gospel that can be an issue for me
0: right yeah yeah it's definitely a problem man um what was the journey from where you started to where you're at now like
1: so, um, well, you're going to get a good chunk of my testimony here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I grew up in church, you know, mom was, I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday, <laughs> you know, that mom was a Sunday school teacher, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, typical teenage stuff. Um, you know, I more saw God as this, uh, I want to say tyrant, who's just waiting on me to mess up. And of course, in my teenage years, I was like, well, if, you know, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to mess up and, you know, kind of did all the things that I wasn't necessarily supposed to. And then when I was 16, my dad and I were in a car accident um, that he passed away in. Um, and he was at that time, he had been away from the church for a while, but about a year before that, he really, um, kind of began to understand the gospel. I didn't realize that at the time and was very involved with things of faith and whatnot. (laughs) Um, and, uh, my attitude after that, was well, if this is what you do to the people who are committed to you, then I really don't want a, anything to do with a god like that. So, yeah, wasn't an atheist, I kind of believed there was a god, but didn't want anything to do with him. And uh, I met some guys in high school, um, and they were always inviting me to Friday Night Youth Group. and I'm like, man, I don't go to church, I don't <laughs> want to go
0: to church.
1: Um, And one night, um, I didn't have anything better to do. I was like, okay, well, let's go. And the thing that got me was, and it goes back to that cigar lounge culture. Like when I walked in, you know, people who I'd never met knew who I was. They didn't, you know, immediately start with, well, you got to give this up. You got to stop doing this. Or you say blah, 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 blah. Um, and, uh, One of the things that uh, I still remember to this day is we were sitting around eh, late at night, probably about four of us, um, with um, the youth pastor intern, and uh, I I had a pretty bad mouth at the time, (laughs) Um, and I let a few words slip, and... um, my experience around church people had been, you know, they would basically call me on it and tell me how bad I was. for it. He didn't say a word, you, you know, um, and uh, that impressed on me and that made me want to come back. And, you know, I actually went to a service. And the other thing that impressed on me was like, I actually got dressed up for the service. You know, I put a button down on and <laughs> nice pants and I walk in and they're all in shorts and, you know, casual clothes. And I'm like, I could get with this, you know? Um, and it was just kind of a natural progression. Um, and I've always loved, like, I've been a used music fan. I'm a DJ. Um, and one of my, my things back then was, well, if the church had decent music, um, I could maybe go more. Um, And, uh, we went to see, uh, a group that I had listened to, uh, in high school. Uh, the president of the Bible club handed me three cassettes, not long after my dad passed, uh, Amy Grant, Mylon LeFever and Broken Heart and Leslie Phillips. Um, and, uh, So this youth group I was hanging out with said, hey, we're going to see Mylon and Broken Heart um, uh, soon. And I was like, yeah, I'll go check them out. Um, And he gave an invitation. Um, And at that point, I kind of knew from growing up in church, you know, that, hey, there, there are some things you need to figure out. And, uh, um, I went forward and it wasn't just one of those invitations where, um, you went forward and they let you go afterwards, like <laughs> the thing they were like, okay, if, if you prayed that we want you to come backstage, we, we want to talk to you. Um, and my if ever came back, you know, he, he explained that th- this is just the beginning. Okay. Um. And what they did was, and this was in the eighties, there was no internet, there was no email. They plugged (laughs) you into a local church and you would get updates from that church, you know, encouragement and Bible studies and things like that. Um, And so um, uh, that kind of opened my eyes that wait a minute, maybe all of the things that I had put on God because of what I had been raised in weren't true. And then I got into scripture and, um, figured out things like, if I accidentally let a word slip, I'm not immediately going to hell if I die right after, (laughs) you know, um, uh, those kind of things (laughs) were, uh, were, uh, we're paramount on my mind. And uh, um, so I, uh, and it's just been kind of a journey since then, you, you know, um, we should always be growing and learning and, um, you know, where God had me in my 20s is very different from where I am at 54. So, you know, praise him for that. that, that that's all glory to him. Um,
0: yes, sir. Great man. I don't and know so, if
1: I went in the completely opposite direction of what you were talking about.
0: <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. That's a part of it, man. That's a part of it. Um so can you t- um you told me a little bit earlier, uh, but can you explain to me um what like a uh what you what you mean by when you say that you're a uh a lay pastor?
1: Um, By lay pastor, I mean, um, not too long after I moved out here, um, the group of men I was discipling with said, hey, there's a struggling church in one of the towns over. Would you mind preaching? And I was like, okay. Um, And ever since I've kind of done that at a couple of churches, I've got, there's one uh, about. 20 miles from us that's in a smaller town. Um, and uh, whenever that pastor needs somebody, he usually calls or texts me and says, hey, can you preach on such and such dates? I'm going to be, you know, out sick or I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be on vacation or whatever. And, you know, that that's just a chance to share whatever God has laid on my heart at that time.
0: Yeah. gosh man all right so before we started recording uh you and i were kind of going down memory lane talking about like video games technology irc and 56k modems right um, right right <laughs> you a 56K? Uh, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i remember uh when i was in uh what was i i think i was in junior high um I was on like AIM AOL it's it's a messenger during the summer my parents oh, yeah my, my parents were at work and when the when my mom got home we got chewed out because we forgot to turn off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> we had to use the phone line, right? Yeah, right
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't disconnect, you know, they couldn't call out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't pick up I'm uh, chatting yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it bothers me that there's a group of people out there that won't understand that huh no but well I tell my 14 year old
1: you know when I first got on the internet you dialed it on your phone and it sounded like robots screaming and he's like you smoke <laughs> dad you smoked too many cigars <laughs>
0: Oh man, that is, that's a sound that haunts you forever, man. Like you cannot forget that sound.
1: And I have been getting calls, spam calls on my cell phone. That is that very sound.
0: (laughs) I had one the other day
1: and I'm like, what do you hope, you know, and, and I can only guess they're just, you know, blast dialing to try to catch a connection that's out there somewhere um but yeah yeah like, it's, it's a cell phone you're not going to do anything but make me mad
0: <laughs> um so uh you told me earlier you work in the it industry man uh, have you always sounds like you've always been interested in technology is that correct
1: yeah yeah i, I took a computer class in high school and kind of was like man this is the coolest thing ever Um, And then I kind of stumbled around out of high school, started college, and that wasn't for me, Um, and ended up getting a job in customer service, and um, I like to talk, and I like to help people, so that's kind of just progress to where I am um, with uh, an IT support career right now for the past 20 years. I've been a government contractor um, right. and doing, doing support for a federal agency. So um, it's, you know, like I said earlier, it's one of those jobs where I love working. Uh, I love logging in every day. The group of people I work with, we laugh quite often. Uh, yeah. um, we're all plugged into each other's families and what's going on um that's awesome so it's just a really good environment
0: that's good man um what operating system did your first computer have my first one my first one yeah. was an apple 2e okay dang man yeah. yeah yeah
1: i've bought it used um and then i've probably had everything in
0: between So was that the uh, first like affordable? That was that the first like affordable computer? Yes. That's how Apple marketed themselves back in the day, right? Yeah,
1: even though it was like
0: twenty
1: five hundred bucks or something <laughs> yeah. in the eighties, which Yeah. Oh,
0: that's fun, man.
1: <laughs> but like all technology, if you wait a year, yeah. it's like a quarter of what they charged when it was brand new. <laughs> Because I think I bought a used one for 150 bucks or something.
0: I know that I want my next computer to be a a Linux. Are you a fan of that? Of what? I said my next computer that I want to get, which hopefully will be in like the next year, I want to set it up with Linux. Are you a fan of Linux? I've done a dual boot.
1: Um, Yeah. And if I had time to play with Linux and learn more about it, I'm sure I'd love it. But with work and four kids and yeah. the, you know, I, like I said, I DJ um, on the board of our local community theater group and those kind of things. So it's just like, yeah, man, I'd, I'd probably enjoy it, but yeah, not anytime soon. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so, and I take that I back. Yeah, I take that back. My first computer was not the two E. It was uh, the Radio Shack version of the Commodore with the little tape recorder that you did all your programs and whatnot off of. So yeah,
0: man. The whenever the uh,
1: one thousand or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> I know that when I was a a kid, my dad, for whatever reason, got into computers. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but he just started like we'd go on Saturdays, we'd go pick up computer parts, and he'd spend it however long and he'd build a tower. But I remember one of our first computers we had, I don't know why it's ingrained in my mind, but it was a Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it actually had floppy, floppy disks, the big five inch ones. Not, yeah, it was a five and a quarter.
1: Uh, yeah, five and a quarter, Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, did you ever do um, computer shows? Like like you could I, go, yeah. they, used, they used to have the shows where you could go and they would have all the software and parts and you could actually get a build your own computer in a box for about a quarter of what it would cost if you bought it at like Radio Shack or wherever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I vaguely remember. I think him taking us to like uh, computer shows on Saturdays, computer shows and gun shows. <laughs> we didn't do the <laughs> gun
1: shows, but <laughs> in Texas, that's a rite of
0: passage. Right. <laughs> um, so you said it a couple times, man. That you are a DJ. Yes. Um, how does that happen?
1: Well, that that kind of grew out of the love for music. Um, my best friend and I were really big into uh, the contemporary Christian music scene uh, in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s, and um, we were always the ones that brought the music, um, and uh, our church would do skating parties. And one <clears throat> one day, the youth pastor asked, said, hey, why don't you guys bring that music instead of what the skating rink plays and we'll just play that. And that kind of turned into, you know, we were young and single and had decent paying jobs. So (laughs) I I can literally remember um, where I was working at the time, right down the road was the bank where I could cash my check. And right across the road from that was tower records. So I would literally on my lunch, go cash my check and spend a good chunk of it at tower. <laughs> you know, and a lot Damn. of that was Christian music. Um and I remember the days when you know, Christian bookstores, you know, my buddy Peter and I who we ended up forming our own DJ service, we did weddings and but it was all Christian music and you know, our Friday nights were we would hit the different Christian music stores and pick up what was new and you know, yeah. we had our own equipment, and I can remember walking into his house one day with this, all this equipment, and his mom goes, "The only difference between the men and the boys is the size of their feet and the cost of their toys." <laughs> 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 and, uh, I was like, "So," um, <laughs> and uh, I just kind of, I, I love to be able to. What I do now is mostly mainstream um music, but I do weddings and parties and I've got a few coming up here. Um and uh it's just something I've always loved doing. It gives me money for cigars and so
0: yeah. Um so what is uh, since you're a music guy, um what's on your playlist right now?
1: Man, um well before we connected. I was listening to the new Tyler Childers, um, um, but, man, everything. I'm a big Christian hip-hop fan. Lecrae is a favorite. Uh, Propaganda is a favorite. Uh, um, okay. Uh, good country music. Um, you know, Tyler Childers, I mentioned. Zach Bryan right now. Eric Church, big fan of him. Um uh big need to breathe fan. Uh they're they're probably at the top of the list. And then if you go back, um there's a group called the Prayer Chain. Uh I'm a huge fan of. Um uh seventy sevens, um Amy Grant as much as the church seems to love, hate her at times. Um, you know, some of her stuff from even the '80s holds up really well, uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, if it catches my ear, I'm gonna listen to it. I I love, uh, like I said, I'm involved with our community theater group, so I love uh, uh, show tunes. My uh, my wife and <laughs> the the oldest we're going to see Les Misérables Saturday in Oklahoma City, um, uh, so um, I love. I, I think music has the power to um, move us and heal us. And like I've grasped concepts of theology from song lyrics that I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) You know, now that makes sense. Um, uh, So, you know, man, it, it just all kinds of bleeds together with me. Um uh and uh, uh um but right now, yeah, yeah. Right now it's a lot of the the newer they don't even call it country, they call it Americana, like the Tyler Childers kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and uh uh whatnot. So yeah.
0: You had uh you told me that you and your son have a uh a YouTube channel, man. What's what's going on there?
1: Um we do like, ever since he was, he's 14 now, ever since he was probably seven or eight, um, we, we just kind of did it as a whim one day. Um, my wife had picked up a bunch of the limited edition peeps, you know those, um, and brought them home just for me because she knew I liked them. And, and I was like, hey, McKinley, let's go on Facebook Live and, and uh, tell people what we think. And now we do it. You know, um, typically we get one of those snack crates, which is from some country, and we kind of let people know what we think. And uh, if there's something at the store, a limited edition candy bar or something like that, like this past Sunday, we did one where uh, we did uh, the macaroni and cheese ice cream. Um, Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, like. What I'll say about it was, is it an ice cream I'm going to sit down and eat while I'm watching TV? Probably not. But it was not, like, disgusting or horrible. And they did a really good job of capturing the flavor of Kraft mac and cheese. I don't know how it worked, um, but it worked.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I... I don't believe you, man.
1: <laughs> and that's okay. I, I mean, you know, oh. uh, opinions, opinions opinions are like oh, noses. Man. Everybody's got one, and they all smell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that just gives me the chills. <laughs> um, so, yeah. what's the what's what's the name of the the Yells YouTube channel, man? So we can so we can um, throw below.
1: It's um. I believe it's called Big Mac and Little Mac's uh, Peep Show. Um, That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, peeps with an S, not peep show. <laughs> Keep it family friendly here. Um, I'll get you the link. Um, cool, man. And uh, yeah, but it, it check it out. We don't do live on YouTube yet. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but once we get enough subscribers, we probably will right now. We just do it through Facebook live. I download the videos and upload them. Um, and we had taken about a break, a break for about a year before we did this most recent one, but I think we'll probably get back to doing once a month or so.
0: Okay. Cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, hey man, thanks for coming on, man. This was, this was actually, this was really fun.
1: Yeah, I man. It. I love it. I love it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, blessings on you and your channel and there, by the way, I, I caught COVID in San Antonio in 2020. Um, thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. My wife has family down there and that was our first trip after everything started to open back up. Oh yeah? Um, and, uh, yeah, we went down to visit some family down there and just to check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, two weeks after we came back, we were both down with COVID.
0: <laughs> Y'all uh, plan on coming back this way soon?
1: Um, it's always an option. We were actually, uh, over Christmas, we went down to Galveston. Um,
0: okay. Spent, spent, we spent were week
1: of, week of Christmas down That's there. That's funny, man.
0: Because we were in but, Galveston about that around that same time also.
1: Yeah, we were actually. Uh, my there wife has Christmas some family
0: down in Galveston. Okay, we loved nice.
1: it. That that may become a regular Christmas thing. Um, uh, my wife or I, neither one, are really beach people in the summertime. It's too hot, and there are too many people. But Galveston yeah. was nice. It was in the 60s pretty much the whole time, and you know, just nice to be able to go and not have a schedule.
0: <laughs> the uh, Galveston. Uh, Brewing company has some good beer. Okay.
1: I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I did get yeah. by uh, a little cigar lounge while I was down there. That was nice. Carlos Cabeza, I think was the name of it.
0: I um, almost went there while we were down yeah. there. But we little we'll hole some. in
1: the wall place.
0: Um, but if you yeah, get literally. there he's
1: got some he's got some house cigars that are reasonably okay. priced and are really good.
0: Nice man. I was gonna go there when um but we were visiting family and I would have been the only one smoking and that just kinda like
1: Yeah
0: just I'll just was like I'll just wait till I get back home.
1: Yep. Yeah. A couple of good coffee shops down there too. Um Yes. Freckleberry and Red Light. I really like both of them.
0: Red light's red light's good, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Carlos that Cabeza is right down the street. Yeah. And uh, Experiment. if you want good tacos, uh what's it called bruchachos? okay, Maybe I is, haven't is
0: I don't think we made it there yet,
1: yeah, yeah, it was nice because it was nice enough that the night we went um in December we, we ate outside <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely Texas weather for you, man. yeah, I'm not But gonna if y'all are it. going through. If y'all go through San Antonio and you got time for a cigar, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely hit you up. Um, like I said, my wife has family down there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we visited with them a little bit. But there's several other places I'd like to check out down there. And we didn't get by the Alamo. We got by the, what's the one, Mill Place, like the Flower Mill Place.
0: Oh, man, I'm st- I'm still new to the city, man. So I don't. I'm yeah. still learning. Stuff. It's
1: on the Riverwalk, and we had to make reservations for breakfast and whatnot. But it was really good. Yeah. Okay. Like like it was probably one of the. And that was another one where we ate outside.
0: Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Did Did y'all like the Riverwalk? There's always um, mixed reviews did. about it.
1: We liked the whole city. Oh, you're back. I see.
0: Jesus. My oh, wife oh, just go. let her out.
1: I guess she wanted <laughs> back up here. There. <laughs> um, yeah. No. We we liked everything. There's like I said. There's a couple other places I want to go. We went to. Can't remember that name of it, but it was like our waitress was a character from a movie. Oh, what is the, What was the name of that place? Um, but they had really, like, I had a really good steak. I think it was steak I had there. Um, and it was just very entertaining. Um, and I can't remember the name right now.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but that's good. That's great, man. Like yeah. I said, man, if you stop, man, the scars on me, I'll cover it.
1: All right. Yeah. 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 I'll definitely look you up if we get down there,
0: but, um, appreciate it again, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, okay. I had a good time. This was fun. Um, if you're cool with it, man, um, how can people follow you and get in touch if they want to?
1: Um, I'm on Facebook as uh, it's just Dwayne Douglas. Um, okay. uh, you can look me up there. Um, you should recognize the picture uh, that's yeah. on there. Um, uh, I'm also on Instagram, Oklahoma Mountaineer. Um, and, uh, um, of course the YouTube channel, uh, sure. I'll get you that information would love yeah. if people want to sub- subscribe and there's probably close to a hundred episodes of our peep show on there. Um, or 50, I can't <laughs> remember what the number was, but there's quite a few. Um, you can kind of watch my oldest kind of grow up over the years. Cause like I said, um, he's 14 now and a full on man child. But when we started, he was just a little thing. Um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, um, and honestly, you know, if you you see me on either one of those and, uh, you have questions about fostering and adopting, Hey, I'd love to talk about that. I'm a huge advocate for that kind of thing. Um, uh, Um, Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll definitely answer any questions folks might have.
0: Awesome, man. That's great. We'll definitely, uh, tag your YouTube channel below, Facebook, Instagram. And seriously, if anybody has any questions about fostering adoption, uh, like he said, don't hesitate to, to reach out. Sure. And, um, if y'all enjoy this conversation, y'all already know, don't forget to like the video, subscribe, click the bell. And please, any questions, any comments y'all have, anything from cigars, faith, adoption, fostering, please uh, don't hesitate to drop it below and keep the conversation going. All right. Until next yeah. time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.